thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish with Elise Comerford, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hello, everyone. Today is an exciting day on the podcast because we've got one of my favorite people here, Joe Witten from Quacky Cooking. Hi, Joe. Oh, hello. You're one of my favorite people too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I have heard your story before, but I'll never get bored of hearing it because it is a pretty incredible healing journey that you guys have been on. Um, so we'll get straight into it. And can you just start um, with what has been going on for you guys and what led you into the journey of looking at gaps? Okay, so when you say what's been going on with us, do you mean now or in the past? Let's, let's do, where do you start? Let's start at the start. So, yeah, so start, yeah, start right at the start. Okay, well, I was born, no. <laughs> okay, so I was, I grew up in a home where um, we had pretty good food, especially compared to my friends at school. <laughs> Um, they mostly had working mums who had a lot of bought food and packets and my mum was at home and she was always cooking from scratch and um, she had much more old-fashioned ideas about food and um, she she did everything, you know, from scratch, like breads, they were all made from scratch. Um, all the pizzas, she made her own pizza dough, she made her own cakes and biscuits and you know, we didn't have packets of cereal in the cupboard or um, junk food or packets of anything, really. Um, Mum was really good about making things from scratch and from real food, although we did have a lot of, you know, white flour, white sugar, um, that kind of thing. So especially sugar because, um, yeah, American, so <laughs> lots of sugar. Um, so we did have, like, a pretty good diet though compared to like I'd go to school and, you know, the other kids at school would have like a white bread ham sandwich and I would have homemade wholemeal bread and I'd have things like a whole capsicum to eat and peanut butter with apples, which my mum was before her time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'd have this weird lunch that – and like she'd make fried chicken and put it in my lunchbox or – homemade cakes and my friends would be like, oh, what's in your life? <laughs> um, and so really compared to a lot of other people, I should have been really healthy, but I actually wasn't. And I didn't know why. Um, when I was little, I always had a really runny nose, always had hay fever, always getting colds, and I was very thin, um, couldn't gain weight. Um, I had plenty of energy when I was little, but it was just – I, I obviously had something going on with my gut, but back then I didn't know that, obviously. Um, so mum kind of just would, you know, give me a Sudafed or give me antihistamines or something and she didn't know that it was food-related at all. Um, to her it was just a genetic thing or something that was my body type or something that I just couldn't help. Um, my brother and sisters were fine. They were all healthy. Um, no one else was like underweight and sick all the time. It was just me. <laughs> and so I grew up thinking thing that you can really do about it. By the time I got to my late teens, though, I was getting started. Um, I had the skin issues. 
um, the doctor had put me on the pill to try and stop all the um, bad period pain. Um, they'd also put me on um, medication for my face. For my um, I had been going to, I started going to a nutritionist when I was at uni trying to figure out what to do about like the tummy upset and everything and the underweight and all of that. And so she told me sprinkle sustagen on all my food to help me gain weight. And that was pretty gross. <laughs> Vanilla powder on top of your dinner is not very nice. Um, she told me to, to drink lots of soy milk um, instead of milk. Um, she gave me little pills to take for like the enzymes for dairy to, to break down the dairy whenever I did have anything that had dairy in it. She didn't mention sugar or refined foods or anything like that. I was staying at a hostel at the time while I was at uni and, um, and I was eating okay, but not not like I had at home, not as good as I had at home. And, uh, you know, I'd tell her about the things I was eating and she'd say, oh, that's fine, that's fine. Um, so it wasn't really a lot of help with the diet, but I did everything she said religiously for a year and I didn't gain of weight. Um, my tummy issues and my skin issues and my health issues and everything didn't go away. And so then I sort of gave up and I just went, it's just me. There's nothing I can do about it. So I went back to whatever I was eating. <clears throat> now, I would try to avoid dairy a bit because it did make me get really sick. Um, fast forward a few years, got married, had kids. Um, by the time my kids were uh, maybe seven, five, three, and one, um, I was really exhausted and they were starting to have a lot of the same symptoms with the um, the colds and the hay fever and the sick tummy and Isaac always would get constipated if he had dairy. Um, we had, you know, they were all thin and small, especially Isaac. He was underweight for his age right from the time he was really tiny and it was a struggle to keep him growing. Um, screaming babies, problems breastfeeding. Um, I got to the stage where my blood sugar levels were just like fluctuating all the time. By, by nine o'clock in the morning, um, I would be, uh, like a mess, just really shaky, hot, really hot, um, like hot flush kind of things. Um, really hungry, headache, um, hangry. <laughs> and I would just start stuffing my face with bread and cheese and Milo and anything that was filling. And, um, until I was almost going to pop, I was just, I would just eat so much. And then I would go and lay down because I just was exhausted. And then once the sugar kicked in again, I could sort of get going again. And it was just this vicious cycle of, you know, stuff the sugar in, stuff the refined foods in, um, crash, get your energy back, go again for a few hours. And I had to eat every two hours or I would just crash. Um, I was dizzy a lot. I had low blood pressure as well. Um, I had low weight. Like I said, I started to have anxiety. Um, by the time I was 42, I was really bad with the anxiety and I got down to, sorry, by the time I was, I always get these numbers mixed up. By the time I was 35, um, and the kids were tiny and I thought that was, was going to make you just way older than I thought you were. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> I was 60, numbers I'm in my really yeah, I know I'm like, gee, she looks good for 60. <laughs> no. Sorry, 35. Um yeah, I got down to 42 kilos. That's why I'm getting the numbers mm, next Yeah, yeah. Um and I I actually um 
I had a friend come to me and she was just like, what are you doing? You know, she said, you've got to get yourself together. She knew I was very anxious and stressed and upset and not eating properly and not looking after myself properly. And she said, you've got to get yourself together for the sake of your children. She gave me that good friend kick up the pants that I needed and I started to really work on getting on top of things. I started seeing a naturopath and um, started to realise what food does to us or, you know, how it helps or harms. I started to realise that my thought patterns had really pulled me down as well and I started to really work on all of that and I started to come out of that hole. (laughs) And it took years of work. Um, I changed my diet bit by bit until I was mostly gluten-free, dairy-free and sugar-free, well, natural sugars only. Um, and I started to see my, my um, blood sugar levels began to stabilize a little bit. I was still having grains and not enough fat at the time. And I know that that was a big part of it. Um, I was one of those people that cut the fat off everything, including bacon and chicken and steak <laughs> yeah and that's and, the, and that's part of the journey for everyone yeah, isn't it that it's, it's like hard to get your head around yeah it's okay to eat it yeah and there's always these steps that you take that you can reflect now and go oh well I still didn't have it but it's like it's still it's like the stepping stones yeah that kind of get right. you to what you think is healthy at the time and then you learn a better version of that and yeah Oh, it's so funny. I was thinking about this actually when I was writing a recipe for the blog, um, the lasagna recipe, you know, the one with the grain-free dough for the pasta noodles. And if if any of you haven't seen that recipe in there, I sort of go through my progression with food and um, using lasagna as the (laughs) benchmark. I don't know, like in 1994, it was regular homemade lasagna with milk and white flour, wheat flour, lots of cheese, packet of dried tomato soup in the sauce for flavour, wheat-based sheets of lasagna. And then two years later it was, I added spinach to my, my lasagna. <laughs> I was so healthy. <laughs> and then I made the white sauce with soy milk. I was so proud of that. And then um, but another four years, about year 2000, I was like no more wheat. Um, now it was made, I made, well, it was a spelt Um, lasagna sheets that I made myself I ground my own grain I made my own flour and made my own pasta with the pasta maker and made my own sauce with fresh herbs and so it was getting better and sometimes I made meat free with lentils and then another four years and I started making it with buckwheat um, pasta that I made myself and adding more veggies to the lasagna sauce and then 2005 I was on to white sauces made with almond milk that I made myself, um, I thickened it with cornflour, arrowroot, not wheat, no more cheese on top. 2006, I became completely gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, and so, and it, you know, as time passed, I just kept changing it. And then in 2014, um, reflecting back as we started off doing at the first time getting on a rabbit trail here, um, you know, all that, all those changes helped and they were like you say stepping stones they were you know things that helped and they took time and it it wasn't overnight the changes um but we still weren't well um we were better than we had been but not well and and about 2014 was when it was 2014 I think it was around uh July 
somewhere around there, um, Isaac just suddenly went downhill really badly. He was 13 at the time and he suddenly started to struggle with anxiety and phobias and depression so badly. Like he had bits of it throughout the years. He was always the anxious, stressy, sensitive kid um, that would like scream his head off if you tried to cut his hair or, you know, scream at the water going into the bathtub or whatever. You know how some kids just have yeah. those really sensitive um sort of personalities or maybe it's gut health, whatever it was. But I didn't think much of it until when he was 13. It just got really bad and he really quickly went downhill. Um, he got to the stage where he couldn't do school. He couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't go and have a shower, go to the toilet, feed himself, get changed, anything. I was spoon feeding him. I was dressing him. Um, because he was basically incapacitated by his phobias and we we finally found out that he had severe OCD. Um, and so he was put onto medication because we didn't know what else to do at the time, but I was determined that that was not going to be um, his life. I didn't want him to be on medication forever on antidepressants because I know that it snowballs. You start them on medication and it just yeah. becomes more and more a crutch and more and more something that you have to have and then you need more of it and then you need another medication. And I just didn't want to start that at 13 years old. It was crazy. So because we were so desperate, he did go on a very small dose at first while we figured out what to do and um, we researched gut health. Well, I researched gut health and talked to a lot of people and decided to do the GAPS diet. Um, me being who I am, I jumped in gung-ho, okay, tomorrow we're starting GAPS <laughs> intro. <laughs> Your worst nightmare, right? Um, and the ki- like, I explained to the kids and the family what we were going to do and there was a lot of slamming doors and crying and upset, you know, that, except for Isaac. He was good. Um, he was on board because he researched it with me and he was really – he could see that other people had healed through this, so he was willing to try it. Yeah, something that gives you that hope. Yeah, because yeah. he'd gone through a stage where he had absolutely no hope. He thought that this was his life forever, and so all he did all day was cry. He would just lay around on the floor, on the couch, on the bed, crying or screaming. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. And, you know, he'd think he'd just gone off to sleep at night and then he'd just sit up in bed and start screaming. It was just the most horrible, horrible thing. And um, when I started reading to him stories of how other people had gotten well and recovered from OCD and, and how they'd worked through it, it clicked a switch in his brain and he just went, you mean I can get better from this? And I'm like, yeah, people have gotten better. And he just stood up and said, okay, what do I have to do? He was ready. You know, he just needed to know that there was hope. And once he knew that, he was willing to do whatever it took. So um, the family at first wasn't all on board, but I said to them, look, this is how we're going to eat. This is what I'm going to buy. This is what I'm going to cook. I cleaned out the pantry. I cleaned out the fridge and freezer. We only had the food that, um, that he needed to be eating. And I said, if you want anything else, you're going to have to go work for the money and go to the shop yourself get the food and cook it yourself. So, (laughs) (laughs) And not in this house. (laughs) And not in this house. I was tough mama. Yeah. My husband went away for three weeks, thankfully, so we started without him. (laughs) 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 He doesn't like soup. 
Um, and he wasn't completely on board at first. So I said to the kids, look, he's an adult. He has to make his own choices. It's not up to me to tell him what to do, but yeah. I'm cooking for you guys. And so you, you need to eat what I make for you unless you want to go do it yourself. Yeah. Um, and I said, when you're an adult, you can decide what you want to do. But at the moment, you know, I'm the mum, you're the kids. <laughs> so they did what I said. And within a few, within actually a week or two, probably within two weeks, we started to see changes. The first week was hard. You know, by the end of the first week, we had that horrible flu feeling. We were exhausted. We were aching. We had the headaches. Um, but that we got through that pretty quickly. Um, thankfully. And I think because oh, I, I should mention when I said we jumped headfirst into gaps, that only worked for a couple of days, by the way. Um, and then we crashed and burned and went back to full gaps Yeah, <laughs> because I realized uh, I'm not really prepared for this. So we went back to full gaps. Um, we had a month on full gaps while we sorted ourselves out, calm, like Basically, I spent that time getting things cleared out of the calendar, um, getting things out of the way that we couldn't get around and we needed to do social things and parties and weddings and things like that, um, getting the fridge, pantry, freezer, everything ready, starting to get used to those kind of foods. And then after a month on full gaps, then we started intro and we staggered it. So Isaac and I started first and then we started the others within another few days. And um, it was much easier to stick to once we did it like that. And we'd already done a lot of healing just in that first month. Of yeah, yeah. That's, and that's and, something I think people can forget as well is how yeah. healing full gaps is too. It's so important to, I really think, um, you know, if you start with full gaps, if you can eat those foods, yeah, um, whatever you can eat on full gaps, it yeah, really it can be your individualized full gaps to suit where you're yeah. at, yeah. So um, we didn't have a gigantic, horrible die-off with vomiting or anything like that because I think because we'd worked back into it, yeah, um, and and it was actually not as hard as I thought it would be. Great, the food was super simple to make. It was delicious. Um, yeah, it was hard not having the crunch and the cold fruit and things like that at first because we started on the 1st of October. Oh, there you go. It, it was four years ago ah. this this week. Um, so Isaac and I started on the 1st and the others started like halfway through the week. And um, we we went through the early stages, I guess, pretty quickly. We, we didn't have any major um, things holding us back, thankfully. So we, we got on to stage five or six within a few months, I suppose it was, um, and we sort of stayed around. We had some full gaps foods and something. I, I couldn't handle any dairy for a year, not even ghee. So that, that's how long it took me to heal from the dairy intolerance. Um, and then we started to really see our diet expand and but just the differences in Isaac and in all of our health within a few weeks were just amazing. And that's really right. what keeps you going, isn't it? Because it does. yeah, gaps isn't easy. And that's what I always say to my clients. It's like the reason we stick with it is because yeah. within a short period, you'll see enough to go, oh, yes, we are on the right track. And it's so important um, for your family and friends to see that because yeah. I think like people are often not supportive at first but when they start seeing difference they go oh 
okay, because my parents were like, it's too harsh. My husband was like, it's too harsh. But then within two weeks they saw the difference in Isaac and they were like, oh, okay, and then they became quite supportive. So it was really good. Um, and within um, a couple of months Isaac was much more cheerful. He was still a bit subdued because of the medication. It made him a little bit subdued. But within six months he was working, he was on stage speaking with me, he was travelling, he was doing school, he, he took off with his maths and his schoolwork um, and Rubik's Cube. He does that in less <laughs> than eight seconds. Actually, I think he's done it in less than seven seconds now. Um, so he's like and now he's into the languages and, the, you know, like his brain just really started working. He started yeah. growing. Um, he, he really, really benefited from GAPS very quickly and within a year he was off all medication he could have come off a lot earlier the doctor said within six months the doctor said I think he could come off the medication now and she's the one that said oh he can be on it all his life yeah but she was like oh you know what I think he could come off now um but he was really scared to do it so we waited until he was ready because he was afraid he would go right back to the start again yeah and um once he realized that that wouldn't happen then he was happy to go off the medication so um, we we saw big differences in that first year, and I remember after one year, um, my photos popped up on Facebook Memories, and I saw photos of us at the start of that year, and I, I was just gobsmacked because you don't notice, like if you're doing gaps or any healing diet, keep a journal of of what you know what your symptoms were, and just keep writing down how you've changed, and keep keep an eye on the photos and you will be amazed at the changes and you think, oh, we haven't come very far. We've still got so far to go. And then you look back at the photos and your journal and stuff and you go, wow. Yeah, (laughs) it is so good to have that, especially if you're going through a bit of a healing crisis or a bit of a detox phase and you're like, none of this is even working anyway. It's never worked. I used (laughs) to, nothing's even changed. And then you go back and read some notes and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Lots changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the way that even like myself, I gained, I probably gained eight kilos in that first year, which I badly needed to gain. Isaac gained weight and grew mostly the second year. He really took off. Um, and just, yeah, like I was saying, his, his schoolwork, his attitudes, his joy in life was so much different. And for all of us, it just really made a big difference. Um, you know, we've been through dips, like you say. Since then, we've had times where, um, like Isaac will get a bit slack with his food or he'll be out with friends a lot, eating a few bits and pieces that he shouldn't really be eating. Um, and I have to remind him, Isaac, you're not feeling happy, you're anxious and your OCD tendencies are coming back a bit. What have you been eating? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know, I've had too much sugar or whatever. And he can see it. Um, but, you know, it's so good when they realise how to get back on track and they know what to do. And it's not always easy as they get older. No, it's, it's not. their responsibility as yeah. they get older. Like he's 17 now. And um, there's only so much you can do as a mum when they're my oldest. My kids are 21, 19, 17 and 15. So, um, you know, a lot of it is their responsibility now and I have to pull back a little. Yeah. Um, and I, and like and the way you put it before when you got them all started and you said, this mm. is what we're doing, 
if you're going to eat here, this is what you're eating. Yes. I know that a lot of my clients can find that really tough when you're, mm. you know, putting that on your kids and then left, yeah. you know, worried about them like, I hate you and you're the worst <laughs> mom ever and why are you making me do this? But I always see it as you've got to make the best decision for the adult you'll have to answer to. So it's yeah, like... that's a really good Yeah, saying. well, that's always been like my parenting mantra. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to make the decision that you will like right now. I'm going to make yes. the decision that the adult in you will appreciate. Yeah, so, that's beautiful. Yeah. Because I did have, within a few months, I had like my oldest son saying, Mom, I'm so glad you, you made us do this. It's yeah. been so good for us. And they thanked me. They did thank me later. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's, yeah, that's where the point where we are the parent and we need to make yeah. the best decision with the knowledge we have. And I think, when you and have this it's knowledge, super hard. It, it is definitely, especially with older kids, because then you may be feeling unwell yourself and mm. dealing with all the healing crisis of um, doing gaps and then also dealing with the backlash from that as well. So it yeah, can be right. really, really challenging with the older and, kids, but I think so. And also it. for when, you know, there's a lot of us are a bit soft hearted towards our little darlings and the toddlers and the little ones and we don't want them to be feeling dreadful for a week or two and we think oh I have to you know I'll, I'll give in to them because they're feeling bad and sick and but sometimes you do have to do the tough love thing and say no we, come on we've got to get this we've got to get better yeah and then later on it, it it's worth it but it yeah is. it's just um you know we've got we've just got to, one of the things that I've really seen over the years is the way that people react to what you're doing um you know the family and friends that mean well and they see that you're all unwell and they start freaking out and going you're doing the wrong thing you're doing the wrong thing um but you've got to do the research for yourself and figure out what's best for your family and then stick to it and don't um you know get good advice obviously get a good practitioner like Elise (laughs) um but don't don't um feel like just because everybody says you're doing it wrong that you are because I know I got so much flack at first for the way that we changed our diet and then afterwards people have come back to me so often and said wow I really um am sorry for um hassling you you did the right thing um I can see how much it's helped your family and we're changing our diet now too yeah, so, and isn't that beautiful? You know, that's just yeah. so encouraging. Um, but it's hard at the time um, and you've got to reach out and find people that are on the journey as well to support you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a big journey and it's been four years since we started GAPS, like I said, and um, we're so much better but there's always things to work on and it's just a constant learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And GAPS really does change your life in a lot of ways, not just food mm. as well. So, yeah, what are some of the things that you guys have changed in the way that you're actually living your life? Um, I have simplified my life a lot since I started GAPS. I think I didn't realise back, you know, years ago I was I was running my own business all by myself. I was doing everything myself. I was homeschooling four children. I was cooking everything from scratch. I was volunteering in different places. I was um, just doing so many things and stretching myself so thin and the stress, you know, was crazy. 
um, not enough sleep and way too much stress. And when you start working on healing, you start to simplify your life where you have to because we've got to focus on the healing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned was simplify your food because I've always loved cooking and fancy baking and all that, but I couldn't on gaps. I had to keep it simple. And so that there simplified um, what I, you know, the way that I cooked and the way that we ate simplified it so much, which cut down on, in, eventually cut down on my time in the kitchen. It yeah. was a lot of chopping vegetables, but yeah. it eventually got less. Um, it also helped with my, um, just my well-being because I realized that working those super long hours and doing everything myself was not a good idea. And I had to, um, sorry, my son's ringing me. I had to really, um, take a step back from a lot of things that I was doing and learn to say no. Um, that's a big one, isn't it? Learning mm, to say no to things. It can be really tough. Yeah, I had to learn to prioritize my time. And, and I, I had to set for a long time. I felt like I had to say no a lot more to my friends, even. Yeah. Um, and I can't go out all the time. I can't be always out doing things and hanging out because I have to spend time at home doing this or that. And I have to sleep and I have to rest and I weekends are for downtime, not for going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's been a big learning curve for me. And also starting working with Fuad two and a half years ago, he's really helped me with that because he's very big on um, taking time out for your family and um, taking time off on the weekends and in the evenings and not working and resting and sleep and all of that kind of stuff. So he helped me a lot with that as well. Um, and it's just been um, really like I feel like I've, I'm a different person. <laughs> I mean, I've still got a long way to go, but I'm much more chilled than I was. Yeah, and looking yeah. at, I always love looking at your before and after photos yeah. that you shared quite a while ago, and yeah. it's pretty incredible because you do. That was that one year photos that yeah. I saw on Facebook, and I just went, "What?" Yeah, you just <laughs> you do look much more vibrant and flourishing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So for people out there that are sitting on the fence about starting a healing journey for themselves and their family, what would you say to them? I would say take some small steps towards it and don't be afraid of change. Um, it's Whatever you do is going to be hard at first when you have to change something. But once you start seeing the benefits, it's so worthwhile and it, then it starts to become easier and easier. And a lot of it's in our heads. Um, for me, gaps was like this giant thing that I always thought, I don't need that. I yeah, that's what I was the same. <laughs> I was exactly the same. It's too harsh. And yeah. then when I started cooking intro gaps food, I was like, oh, this is like the easiest food ever. It's mostly one pot and it's mostly put it in and walk away. And um, I don't have to do any baking. I shop the outside edges of the store or buy things in bulk and get them delivered to my home. It's like the easiest diet ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it's funny how we get we build things up in our heads and decide that it's way too hard or I can't exercise because it's too much time when seven minutes a day makes a big difference. You know, all these things that we tell ourselves. So, um, yes, just start with something small and just start working on a change and you'll be more motivated to do another change and another change and it just 
becomes an exciting journey. <laughs> kind of like a quirky journey. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's heard of Joan's Food Podcast, a quirky journey, yeah. which is also on the wellness couch. Um, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Jo. You're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, it is an inspiring one because it's um, particularly, yeah, seeing your results because it's just so the visual, like the pictures of you, which I'll, I'll put up with the show notes um that the photo of you before and after it's just such a good visual representation of healing um and Isaac's story and the journey he's been on is massive so thank you I always love chatting with you ah thank you I love chatting to you too (laughs) well I'll talk to you later and bye everyone and we'll see you next time on the show thanks bye This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.